Welcome back to the BTR podcast. Before we continue, check out our EPL tier list video we dropped a couple of days ago. Drop a like on that video. Also, before we get started, please follow our socials linked down below. As always, comment your opinions down below because there's a lot of juicy stuff we got to talk about today. And uh, if you enjoy the sports content, we upload something for you every single day. So please hit that subscribe button. And also check out our audio platform um, linked in the link tree down below as well. Um, all podcasts will also be on Spotify, Google Podcasts, any podcast platform you listen to. Without a further ado, let's get started. Um, it's officially off-season time. Like, obviously it was last episode, but we had to talk about the finals. And now we got the first icebreaker for the NBA. Yeah, so obviously we'll start with the NBA. Obviously, news were a little slow until this morning. And one of the rumors we talked about last week um, or last episode was, should the Miami Heat go after Bradley Beal? Well, he's officially off the market now, and it's not to the Miami Heat, it's to the Phoenix Suns. Um, yeah, Chris Paul went going the other way, which is a little bit surprising because now we're is he was supposed focus, to be yeah. he was supposed to be bought out, yeah, yeah, but wasn't. My focus for the Suns was like, how are you gonna fill out the roster? And now that's gonna be really tough to do with like so, having three max players. Before we continue with or like, close to max, before players. we continue with our thoughts, the full trade package as of right now. The Washington Wizards are finalizing a trade sending star guard Bradley Beal to the Phoenix Suns for a package expected, so it's nothing official yet, to include Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, and here's the surprising part, and several second round picks with also some pick swaps, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, and then uh, I believe Chris Haynes of Bleacher Reporter Yahoo, one of them, he said that Washington is also like it's not official yet it's they're also looking to find a third team to move Chris Paul off to as well and it's rumored to be the Clippers but we'll get into Chris Paul stuff later initial reactions of the trade initial reactions I was a little bit surprised that the Suns are able to afford them first of all uh well they're able to afford them but but not the rest of the thing so that's where my concern for the Phoenix is Suns are Washington is like this guy's your biggest asset and you didn't get enough back from the so problem? that's what that's what worries me about Washington. Do you want to start off with Washington? Or do you no, want to go on the Washington Phoenix? side? First. All right, I have a lot of shit to say about this. You're right. You look at this package. Yes, Bradley Beal may have not been the same Bradley Beal for the last two years, but who would be when you're in that Washington team? And essentially, here's why that package is the case. You sign that massive extension, but you also give him a no trade clause. So even if you want, if even if you had a better package from, for example, I don't know, the Toronto Raptors or the Portland Trailblazers or whoever, right? The Los Angeles Lakers, yeah, Bradley whatever. Bradley Beal is in control. He's, Bradley Beal had the full leverage of what he wanted to do in this. So the teams that came down to were the Suns. Because like after last episode, literally the next day, I think reports came out that the Heat and the Suns were the heavily pursued. But other teams like the Bucks and the Kings um, were also part of that. Uh, trade package right and obviously I'm sure he would go to he would have preferred to go to the heat as well but I guess depending on the package I'm unsure enticing you're enticed by playing with um, Kevin Durant and Devin Devin Booker Booker. and he obviously gave like you know know what get me to Phoenix whatever you want if you want me to leave give me to Phoenix right he got his money so it's not like it's anything off that right you got off the books People are, I think ESPN gave it a B. Hell no, it's not a B. Here's why. You had the chance to fucking trade this guy um, before you extended him. When he had, you had the leverage to trade him, right? 
even if you have got could have gotten one first round pick, yes, you want to do right by the guy. You could still do right by the guy by trading him to a place he wants to go, but still get full out of it. You, the Nets did that with Kevin Durant. The Nets still got Mikel Bridges, even though I didn't like the whole package. Mikel Bridges proved that he was good. You still got three firsts out of it. You did not get a first round pick out of this. You probably got better pick rights, but you didn't take their pick. You had all this leverage before you gave him that massive extension because you wanted to build around Bradley Beal or you you wanted to market yourselves around Bradley Beal because you were happy being in that Portland Trailblazer... Can't speak right now because I'm pissed. Portland Trailblazer role where you want to maximize your ticket sales like we were talking about last episode with the Dame loyalty stuff. All right? we, We obviously had this loyalty talk last time. That was your time to be ruthless, not now. How are you gonna get the maximum amount of stuff because you gave him that no trade clause. Because he could have easily vetoed any trade he wanted to. This wasn't no Kawhi to Toronto situation, right? I'm sure Kawhi would have vetoed that trade if he wanted to at the time. You're happy he didn't because there was no thing for it. But now you you hamstruck yourself. Yes, give you uh, the only props you're getting is you fix the mistake you got off the books. You might actually rebuild. Let's see if you actually do that because you should have been rebuilding a while ago. Washington Wizards have been irrelevant ever since John Wells' injury. Would you agree with that? Yeah, like, I forget their team. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, like, you're now... Kyle Kuzma has opted out. So, this screams rebuild. If this is not a rebuild, then you're fucked. Because now you have to offload um, Kristaps Porzingis. If you don't, then I don't know what you're doing. Because you did not get value at all. You're looking to package Chris Paul away. And Landry Shamit is going to be your main piece out of this. Landry Shamit barely got minutes for the Suns until the injuries hit them. Yeah. Um, what young piece do you have to build around Danny Avdia, Johnny Davis who struggled, and I don't even know who else their young pieces are in this case? Yeah, I genuinely don't know. Uh, I'm going to pull out the roster, but I'll let you talk. All right. I agree with you, but he, you're pissed off for the fact that Washington should have done this earlier. Overall, right? side of things. I'm, I'm pissed off about Washington now. Here's why. Bradley Beal was locked up, right? Was he? like What was his contract looking like? It was massive. It was like, like I'm no, not saying lengthwise, term wise. Full max, like four or five years, I think it was. Okay. Here's wh- here's where I'm going. They, there's here's what they have they at the end of the day, they're the ones accepting the trade. Right? He is your biggest asset. I'm gonna bring up uh, a different sport, Houston Texans. Yeah. Deshaun Watson was in control of where he wants to go, but Houston te- Texans had the final call. Right? That, that Houston was. Texans wanted to get something for Deshaun Watson, and that's why it was a long period of like waiting because Plus, Deshaun Watson wanted Cleveland, but it was still another week. Yes, there's issues on the side. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to... I'm saying Houston Texans did a good job of getting a good return. Washington Wizards had more leverage than you actually think. They had time. The draft was on they Thursday. Had they had time and they had more leverage than you actually think because Bradley, Bradley Beal wasn't going anywhere. Bradley Beal is still on your roster and Bradley Beal is still a good player, right? You didn't have to uh, settle for that second round pick. You could have made... Like At he, least one. He wanted Phoenix, say, right? Because of the no no trade clause. So right? before you continue, it was a five-year, $251 million contract. So yeah, no, you're locked up. That's all yeah. I need to know. I think um, I don't know when he signed this. I think it was, he still had like... You're locked up. That's all, I need, that's all I need to know yeah. if you were locked up. Um, what, what was I going to say? And he chose Phoenix, right? With a no trade clause? Yeah. No trade clause, right? Yes. Why the hell do you... You could have made the tra- training process, you know, much more longer, right? You could have demanded more from Phoenix yourself because he wanted Phoenix. Okay, 
but now you as a team as an organization demand for demand more from phoenix not only that right um, I'm still trying to pull up the you settled. Here. They settled. Not only on that, your biggest you asset. Because my, I'm sure you would have said yes to Miami if Miami came out after what they wanted, after him as hard they wanted. But it's not even just the picks. You did not get a young Phoenix. Didn't even have any young pieces, really. You were, you could have still, you were trying to get Tyler Hero out of um, Miami. Miami. Now I don't know how much Bradley Beal had to say. Now yes, you're right. The only pushback I'm gonna give you with that is. If he sits out like the whole James Harden situation, uh, with when he wanted to go to like leave uh, Houston, I don't remember what the full package was, but it was like a weird. I don't know how many picks were involved, but you still got some young pieces like Jared Allen ended up moving to Cleveland. Karis Levert ended up moving somewhere. I, don't, I think I forgot who. But they got like some relevant players to move away. Yeah. Right. Washington doesn't have that. Chris Paul is their biggest one. But he's gone. Like, he's old. He's not the same CP3. Yeah, th- this is the same team the Lakers finessed with Kendrick Nunn for freaking Rui Hachimura. So, you lost that piece already, as is. Right? So, like, yeah, another example. Which was also I'm, second. Like, I'm thinking sports. Another example, Green Bay Packers. They didn't let Aaron Rodgers, like, go for, like, nothing, like how Washington Wizards did. Yeah. It was the biggest asset. They still wanted something. Obviously, they're, they weren't high on the leverage side because it was clear that Aaron Rodgers wanted out. He said himself that I want to go to Jets. But that process took longer. They didn't rush it, right? They still waited for a package. They that waited they, till the draft, literally. Yeah, they waited for a package when, that they wanted, at yeah. least. Or that, at least. And they might lose this guy named Jordan. Them. They might lose this Jordan Goodwin guy who's 24 <laughs> as well because of um, some contract exercise or thing. Yeah, right? so like, as the when I'm looking at the team, you weren't. Yeah, I'm looking at the I'm going to cut you off for a second. So I'm looking at the roster. Jo- Johnny Davis, who struggled, was like the rookie, I think, from last year. This is their roster. Bradley Beal. Okay, I'll take that out. Johnny Davis, Jordan Goodwin, who might be gone. Quentin Jackson, no clue that is. Monte Morris is not really young anymore. Kendrick Nunn. DeLon Wright, former Raptor. Denny Avdia, who hasn't fit win well at the moment. Yeah, he's been struggling. Xavier Cooks. Don't know who that is. Don't know. Out of respect. Uh, Daniel Gafford. Taj Gibson. Anthony Gill. Jay Huff, who's like, I think, from the Lakers, young piece. Corey Kispert, young guy. Kyle Kuzma, who's going to opt out. Chris Dapsperzingis, and is not your best player. And Isaiah Todd. Nothing yeah. screams, like you said, return-wise, that would you could build a franchise around. Nothing. You got nothing in return for your... You would agree he's the biggest asset they have. Yeah. Right? 100%. You would agree that he is all-star, right? Yeah. Yeah, he struggled last couple... You also had... Last year, but You had the Suns in ropes because, like you mentioned uh, off the bat, with the contract stuff. Yeah. As and well. You were not the desperate team. You, you couldn't even. You didn't get DeAndre Aiden out of this. Yeah, like you. Even. They were not desperate. Like they didn't need to be desperate. They did not need to settle. Chris Paul was gonna and get bought out anyways. Need, yeah, and they did not need to rush it. That's what I don't understand because you had time. You had more leverage than you think you did, right? You Beal wasn't going anywhere. Two, off season just started. Not even. Yeah. Right. I feel like they, I feel like again I'm a little devil's advocate. That doesn't mean I'm agreeing with this. I just feel like they wanted to avoid the whole going into the season thing. Yet, I'm still thinking they should have gone to the draft minimum with this. Not like, what, four days out of the draft, five days out of the draft. So, that's the part where I'm like, I'm not even, like, you're pissed off now. They corrected their mistake by trading him without getting any assets. So, 50-50'd it. I'm just still annoyed that you could have done this before if you were going to trade him anyways. Like, why why did you want to give him all that money? It's just you're, the loyalty talk again. That's why. Don't get me wrong. I, the one thing cr- I want to correct with the loyalty thing is I would love to win. Like, I'm sure you would have loved to win this championship right here. 
with DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. It would have been much better. Yeah. But it did not work out. Clearly, you need to uh, go to a different direction because it did not, it wasn't, you guys were in the middle. Nothing much could have done. John Wall was injured. John Wall was gone. You bring in Russell Westbrook. You were still the eighth seed, as good as Russell Westbrook played that year, right? Before he, the trade to the Lakers. And then you move on, Russell Westbrook. You did a good, you did good by trading Russell Westbrook. You got a first out of it, right? You took KCP and you moved him to, um, Denver, Denver, but I don't know what the return was, so I can't say how much. But you still flipped him, right? Now you're letting Kyle Kuzma walk, most likely, unless you're going to pay him a max for him. To, that's the only way Kyle Kuzma's going to come back. And then, yeah, so I don't know what you're doing. The only kudos I'm going to give you is, is, is if you do this, is as long as you're rebuilding now. That's the, on, the only thing I could give you. The only thing that you could like give credit for Washington is that they're off the books. They cleared cap space. Yeah. Right? Well, we still need to... Be, learn the whole trade details i feel like this is just expected yeah so we obviously washington is still looking for a third team for chris paul so that's why it's not like officially official according to Woj. but this is like this is our initial reaction yeah initial reaction like the thing that's pissing me off about it is that he's your best player your best asset and you got zilch in return whereas teams like you know could have been a little bit patient because it could have been they could have had a little bit of a pushback. They they weren't as desperate. They didn't, and they weren't in a position where they need to settle that low. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm not saying you have to go get like three or four first, right? But like, at least you know, a, you you can't you can't come away with, without trading bad with trading badly Beal without getting a first. That just that just that just nonsense. Yeah, you can't. Especially like, in a league where Rudy Gobert got traded for four first. Five. <laughs> Because Walker Kessler was technically and first. And five, five first, right? Yeah. Um, when I looked at the trade, and I'm like, wow, what a steal. Like, if you're now this transition to Phoenix, I feel like that's enough Wizards talk. That's all you get. If you rebuild, great. You corrected your mistake. That's about it. You should have done this a while ago, but let's move on to Phoenix. Um, now, here's the thing. I don't know what the new cap rules are clearly, but from what I've been li- – when I'm listening to other podcasts, radios, or whatever – reading stuff into it it's prohibiting to people to do three like big three uh big three type moves in the nba right like max yeah like contract like right? superstar big three superstar but players is it like contract wise either way yeah like because usually right now they have four max right who four max players or close to max players yeah so and those are the four guys are deandre aiden kevin duran devin booker now bradley beal if gone through and then your other fifth member is Cameron Payne is on the roster, and that's it. And those are only five people on roster. Yeah. It's pretty good. Actually, no, it's a small lineup, but... And here's the thing. From the Phoenix side of things, I don't know if they needed to go this route, personally. Right? On paper, like... Yes, they might, they're up there as the favorites. Vegas has them as the favorites. Don't get me wrong. But you need a defense. Bradley Beal's not providing that. All right? At the same time, I don't think this big three resembles the big three in um, Golden State. No, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, because Kyrie obviously had his own issues. I don't think you'll get that from Booker, and I don't think you get that from Beal personally. No, and then same I thing think. with Harden as well being like. Yeah, I think those three would will mesh attitude wise together. I feel like Kevin yeah. Durant has proven that he could play with the Eagles. He's proven that with Golden State, right? He's proven that with um, OKC, and he's proven that with in a way with Brooklyn. He still played, 
with all that drama, at the end of the day, yes, this is hurt his legacy a little bit more. He's a part of another big three. Whether they fail or not, we don't know. Um, from the Phoenix side of things, I don't know if this was the right move, though. Because I just feel like you're, you have the big two. Go get yourself a decent point guard. Now, this means up Booker's point guard, and you did well in the playoffs with it. Yeah, no. Can you... But for me, it was like, can you okay? Can you get a Fred Van Vliet for a cheaper contract, th- twenty-five to thirty mil? Exactly what I was gonna say. And then, can you fill the rest out? Who's also a good defensive guard? And can you fill the rest out with like guys, lower contract guys, um, that are defensive specialists or three and D specialists, or bring in just shooting? You have DeAndre Aiden as a piece. You could still have moved as well to get like a move from like Miles Turner slash Buddy Hield, which you get shooting and you get a big man uh, stretch five who block shots. That's the type of thing I was thinking they should be doing. They might, I don't know how much they'll get from DeAndre Aiden and maybe they'll get something out of it. Maybe they call you guys up and give you guys OG or something. I know you're not gonna be a fan of that. I'm just throwing hypothetical for the Phoenix side of things here or even like other teams like, um, I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm, right now I'm blanking, but uh, t- stuff like that. So, but if you're looking at it, that it, in terms of big picture, this is a big three if you could fit it right. I feel like they need to move DeAndre Aiden. I don't think he fits this. Frank Vogel's a defensive coach. Can you get the defensive pieces for him, defensive bigs? And, you know, JaVale McGee is fine, right? But can you get a stretch four with him? Like a Jay Crowder, like the once upon a time they had. And I feel like this team will be dangerous in that sense. Yeah. But uh, as of right now, we can't. it's too early to judge. Here's one point I want to make right now. I'm going to ask you a question. Just give me your first thought. Why did they get Chris Paul? Um, leadership, uh, point guard ability. Exactly, point guard ability. Who was their point guard? Devin Booker. They wanted Devin Booker to be a little bit more free, right? And a f- scoring Bradley side. Beal still provides that. Right? But Bradley Beal, when you think of him, he's a scorer. But when he was playing, he was still having like point guard minutes. And he did decent with it. So it's more, they have two combo guards who have shown playmaking yeah, okay. abilities. But now now we bring up the point where the Fred Van Vliet, who's cheaper and could provide you the ball handling. Also, Fred Van Vliet is good for him personally because he's not a... In that playoff run, when he started popping off in the Bucks series and the Warriors, uh, he was just... He, he didn't have to create his own shot. Yeah. Right? Kawhi Leonard, uh, Siakam, they created it. They helped him create space and he nailed the three ball. Right? Issue with Fred Van Vliet this year was he had to create his own shot and be that guy. Kevin Durant and uh, Devin Booker are those guys that will open up Fred Van Vliet, take all the attention away from him, and him being the third option? That's, and he, if he's on his game with the open threes like how he was then, that's absolutely killer still. Okay, so the thing that also helps with this move, the Beal move, is KD has shown he's injury prone, right? And if he does get injured, you still have like that backcourt duo of elite guys right the best they don't have like, what, they're both all-star caliber players they've both, proven like, that on paper considered the best backcourt in the league right now on the top of my head yes one unless, you want, consi- unless say, you want to consider Luca Kyrie I won't say like ability, I won't say they're yeah. solidified one but like they're definitely like in the conversation yeah for sure uh so that's why I'm a little bit scared of that otherwise you got Bradley Beal I don't hate I don't hate it I don't hate the move I don't hate the move at all right but I'm saying that like the my goal for the phoenix suns to make them like you know really like for make to make me think that you're really gonna be a contender is how you're gonna fill out the roster around them especially with a different coach next, i think next episode we need to look at the new cap thing and try yeah, to figure right? it out but because like then it's gonna be confusing the denver nuggets they were able to fill the roster around yeah right they got 
Aaron Gordon. They got uh, Bruce Brown. They got KCP, right? They were good pieces to fit around your star duo, right? And then, obviously, my MPJ, they drafted. So, you, Harry, had the duo on set, right? And, obviously, when they're on their game, arguably, they're the best duo in the league, right? So, then, if they were able to, like, add pieces that fit Frank Vogel's system and complement those two guys' games, that's what I was looking for for them. So, yeah. that's why, for me, this Bradley Beal move was out of the loop. Like, that's why I was Yeah, when surprised. I saw that he was linked to Phoenix, I'm, I'm not surprised because of the new owner and how aggressive he's being with the coaching fire, with the Kevin Durant trade mid-season, which usually never happens uh, for a guy like that. And now, off the bat, you got this done. I mean, first of all, kudos to the uh, James Jones, that front office. You finessed the trade at the end of the day. You finessed the trade. Like, you won the trade. Yeah, yeah you, like, you finessed the There's trade. There's no doubt about you that. You definitely have made, you know, because... I've saw NBA players tweeting like uh, a couple of things. Two things. One, no firsts. Two, um, <laughs> is this, this is Brooklyn all over again. But at the same time, yeah. Um, I like I said, I can't just think of what how stupid Washington was with the with the moves they've made through trades and signing him. But on the again sticking to the Phoenix side, I think this is. I think, I think this will work, will work out I think more work. than the Brooklyn situation Yeah, because I don't think there's any baggage with Booker who's been a Phoenix guy, right? The difference with Brooklyn was everybody was new to Brooklyn. You have the guy, and obviously the best player is still Kevin Durant in my opinion, but you have the guy that knows Phoenix through and through, been there. Speaking of loyalty, that's the type of loyalty I'm going to praise because you're helping your star out, bringing in guys like KD and... like And they brought in like what, CP? Leo. CP3 CP, right? Past and obviously now, and now, yeah, you're making moves to help deal. you win, right? So that's the type of loyalty I hope it works out for Booker in the long run. Obviously, as a Laker fan, I hope it doesn't work out, but for Booker's sake, yes, because that's the type of that's how you want to reward loyalty. Here's but to your, I can't early judgment. I'm fine with the move as long as I see what happens next, because we don't know how the contracts gonna fill out. Because here, at the end of the day, guys that are like three and D guys that are on the market. Because it's a weaker free agency class. And whatever, they have picks. The first, I mean, oh, well, I can't say how many picks they have. Their future pick has not been used outside of the Kevin Durant trade. So you could still go out and get smaller 3 and D guys to help them out. Like maybe like Harrison Barnes type guys if they really yeah. need to. So my question is like, how much is like the competition in the West affected this move, right? Because you got obviously the Nuggets. You got a healthy Clippers team that's obviously killer. You got obviously Lakers who, depending on what they do in the offseason, because they have some uh, question marks for sure. Yeah. And then you obviously uh, uh, other teams, Kings up and coming, Thunder could be up and coming as well. A healthy Pelicans team is good. I would have loved it if he went to the Kings, Beal personally. That backward of Beal and Fox. Yeah, they will personally. Yeah, them, yeah, just speaking of the Beal trade, but continue. Yeah, so I'm saying, how much did that factor into like, oh, we need to get. The be- this is they our biggest f- improvement. They were fine without getting Beal, personally, as long as he filled the rest of the roster out properly. You also got to think Frank Vogel's a coach on Monty Williams. Frank Vogel's a defensive guy. So I'm thinking the Frank Vogel I know is what I've The elite Frank Vogel I know was what happened with the Lakers championship run and those pa- the young Pacers team with young Paul George leading it, right? And you had defensive guys there. Right now, I don't see those defensive guys. Kevin Durant's injury prone now. And like Kevin Durant's defense is low key underrated because of of his, his size. size. And then Booker, Devin Booker, Booker, yeah. Did, if you saw the playoffs, game one and game two of the Clippers series, oh my goodness, 
that's this guy's defense like before it was like oh this guy's defense is garbage yeah but now like you you could tell he cares on that side and the plays he made defensively in the, those two games were absolutely incredible yeah no uh i guess just we'll see what more um builds up of this trade next episode because that's the next episode we're going to do is literally the day before the draft which we're going to release on the draft day so we'll obviously want more details come out of this but yeah um moving on to the chris paul part of this obviously we thought he was gonna get bought out we talked about him getting bought out he still might if they can't find a partner um which looks even more stupid if that's the case uh he is rumored by chris haynes to go to the clippers they're the biggest suitors for him right now i we said this like if russell westbrook doesn't come back that's a team that we should keep an eye out for you get that now here's the thing you're getting another old injury ridden star with two other injury ridden stars that's the only concern there yeah i mean uh, move wise like fit, basketball wise i think it will work obviously but it just injury wise for me the lakers are also if he got bought out the lakers are suitors for him that that was a report that came out as well um i believe by a lakers insider but that being said, yeah, we'll just wait and see what if they flip him or if they um, just buy him out or even if this trade fully goes through. But yeah, um, after the last episode, this trade was building up and it, it was heating up. Uh, and I'm a little surprised Miami did not come out of this. As I thought it was most likely going to be Miami. Before we move on, now I want to talk about Miami again because they were the other biggest team in on him. How much does this mean that they have to go after Damian Litter to try to persuade him to come? They've shown that with Jimmy, they can make the finals. But they also shown that they need another piece. Yeah. Right? So you have a you have something built there that is win now. So depending on how, how much you want it, you go all out for Dame, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, or any other star that can, becomes available in that for that matter. But as of right now, the most realistic one was Bradley Beal because we don't know what's happening with Dame. Portland saying that they're not looking to trade Dame. And we'll get into the rumors. In and in, there's just a quick rumor check after we talk about the other topics. But they need to make a move. I, like I said, if they want to, they have a team that could go to the finals without a superstar. Now, I'm not saying you need another superstar because they don't need it, clearly. They need another 1A, 1B situation. And Jimmy Butler is obviously not a superstar, in my opinion. So that's why they need another Jimmy Butler caliber player. Dame Lillard fits that mold. Even Bradley Beal, when he's on his A game, fits fits that mold. And it sucks they couldn't figure that trade out. Clearly, they could have figured something out, thrown in one pick if even they probably should have been good enough. But oh, honestly, dude, man, they might not even need to throw in Hero. <laughs> yeah, like clearly. Well, obviously, but con- contract wise, they might have to. Yeah, but like, um, Kyle Lowry. Clearly, uh, yeah, Chris Paul Lowry, was part yeah. of the trade. Lowry, yeah. totally <laughs> and just throw in, I don't know, because uh, Wizards were reportedly wanted Luka Jovic and uh, Nikola Jovic. No. Wait. Oh, Luka. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's a soccer player. Nikola Jovic yeah. and um, Hayden Highsmith. How do you go from that to freaking Chris Paul and Andre Shamit in seconds? I don't know. So, at least with that side, you could have gotten Luka Jovic out of it. I don't know. Now, again, I don't know how much Bradley... Nikola Jovic, how are you? Fuck. <laughs> yeah, oh. Nikola Jovic out of it. Um, <laughs> he was wrong with you, man. <laughs> um, there's only one Nikola in the league. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, That's uh, true, but I don't know who else. Vucevic. But 
yeah, no, I, uh, let's just move on, I guess. We'll look into this more on Wednesday when more details probably percolate. You could tell he's mad because the Wizards really got to his head. Now he can't even... It's name. not the Wizards. We'll get into the he, why I was mad. He, we'll get to why I was I'm mad. There's also another other reasons, but we'll get that. Yeah, <laughs> There's that'll, a, be, that'll you, be near the end of the pod. Yeah, but stay tuned. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, he's. this is just the iceberg of his anger. Yeah, um, let's and move on. It's already messing with his head. Let's move on. The... Uh, congrats, like not congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. Congratulations to the people that were waiting for the Ja Morant news because um, everybody was like, the memes were, all right, championship done. Who cares about that? It, it was... Now it's just time for Ja Morant. Ja Morant news, right? Like, it wasn't for the championship. We just wanted to know the Ja Morant news. And we got the Ja Morant news. Uh, came out a couple of days ago. Little surprising. I thought it would have been more. But 25 games. I'm going to look at the more details. I think Woj said some other stuff, but 25 games. Are you surprised by that number? Was it low, high? And you could also bring up how the NBA, NBA PA was not happy with it. Okay, I'll go from both perspectives. My perspective, I thought it was going to be like half the season, Okay. right? But if I look at it as like what really happened, NBA PA, I agree with him because he didn't do anything illegal on video, right? He's trying to prove it was a toy gun, but... Yeah, so, okay, no. That's, well, that's, 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 that's something stupid. else, right? Yeah. And then they're right because he did not do anything illegal, right? And obviously, if you look at it, like laws in the U.S., the gun laws are obviously different than here in Canada, right? So he did not do anything illegal. That's clear as day on video. So, so the issue is um, it's a repeat offense. NBA, The NBA does not want their star players freaking twirling around guns on IG live videos, yeah. right? And the fact that he did it the second time, right? Obviously, he's going to have a big increase in number of games from 8 to 25, which is a big increase, right? Yeah. You could say that. I thought it was definitely more than double. This is more than double. Simple yeah. math. So yeah. that's why I'm not like, that's why I think 25 was fair. Yeah. Right? In my head, I was just like, oh, you're a dumbass and uh, you, you deserve a 41. Yeah. Right? But now that I'm looking at it, like check out his rant, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. if, if you're wondering what we're talking about, our first episode, you'll see it there. Yeah, uh, it's just that, like, now obviously, now that I think about it, that he did not do anything illegal and stuff. Because some people are even. This arguing, is assuming we don't know the U.S. Yeah. politics, but it doesn't seem like it. But, yeah. but like from what we have, right? Yeah. That like it, might, it should have been even way lesser. Like yeah. NBA PA is arguing to be but way you, less. You don't really care. You're like 25 is fair. At the and end then, of the so now when I look at it from that perspective, like, yeah, 25 is fair. Like, it's in the middle of both. Yeah. Right? So the suspension will come with conditions for his return. There is a whole, I'm not going to read this whole article. You guys can check it out on Twitter somewhere. But just one thing that Adam Silver said was pr- um, this is from Tim McMahon's Twitter. Uh, prior to his return to play, I'm talking about Job Morant will be required to formulate and fulfill a program with the league that directly addresses the circumstances that led him to repeat this destructive behavior. So, yeah, he has to go through some weird program before he comes back to the yeah, league. And, and that shows that, like, this suspension is not based on the games. what happened in the video. This yeah. suspension is based on that he made the same mistake again. Exactly. That's what this suspension is based on. All right, so... That's it. We, we already covered what happened with John Moran. You guys could watch our first episode to see what actually happened with John Moran. We, we talk about it there. Um, moving on, we got some ownership news. Uh, Michael Jordan, arguably the greatest of all time. You know, some eyes greatest, some high second. Has a, is the owner, or now was the majority owner of the Charlotte Hornets, is selling his stake. And I believe he was the only... Bl- 
black owner in the league with the majority stake. Majority stake, because I know Dwayne Wade's part of the Jazz. The jazz, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think uh, one thing I looked uh, when I when I saw it is like he bought him for like, and I think around two hundred seventy mil, and now it's worth like three billion or something. Yeah. So like, I'm like, he made he made bank off of it for yeah. sure. Yeah, makes sense. Business moves. He had it. Okay, so Michael Jordan reaches agreement to sell Hornets after thirteen years. Um, he will be selling it to a group led by Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall. Don't know who these guys are. You guys could Google them yourselves. Um, okay, this sale is worth approximately three billion, like you mentioned. Uh, Plotkin, who, uh, yeah, Plotkin, who is the majority owner, is already a minority owner with the Hornets, uh, purchasing a significant minority stake in 2020, while Schnall was a, a minority owner with the Hawks. Uh, this group will also include Charlotte's very own J. Cole, the rapper. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it makes sense. He loves you. He's a Charlotte native, I believe. He performed at that All-Star um, game. And he loves ball. Festivities. You could tell he loves And he loves ball. ball. He played in the Canadian Basketball League. Right. Right. So uh, Jordan, also- however, will still keep a minority stake with the team and will be remain, pre- uh, remain present within the franchise after the sale as well. So he's no longer the majority owner. He's still a part of the ownership team, but... Yeah. He's just taking, like... The rich got lot. richer. <laughs> he's just taking a lower, lesser role now. Yeah, like, he's not... And then also, J. Cole, amazing GM with the Caleb Martin call. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah. Uh, moving on, speaking of front offices, Mike Dunleavy is of now, like we were projecting before, officially the Warriors GM, replacing Bob Myers. So, let's see what he is able to do. He's got some big decisions to make. Clay needs an extension. I believe Draymond Green is a player option. Um, is he going to give him another turn, uh, max or whatever he's looking for, close to a max? Is he going to run it back with the big three over there? So we'll see. Um, Warrior fans are obviously going to be intrigued by the moves. Can they still win without Draymond? Draymond is the heart and soul. Um, obviously, there's. can you trade the young pieces to fit the three, which I think they need to do if, if that's the case? Because they're still a good enough team to win the championship, in my opinion, if you keep the big three hoping clay bounces back from the playoffs yeah um also like we were like we were anticipating anticipating from them to hire within which i thought was the best move because dunleavy being under a great guy like bob myers who's yeah. also done a lot for the franchise so there's not like all hope lost that bob myers is gone yeah because you have this guy coming in his former prodigy, player as well I right remember him. so like that's why i think he'll make some good moves i think he'll make big decisions and i think he i think it will pay off for him yeah, uh, moving on. Last uh, before we go to the trade, uh, any trade rumors or free agency rumors? Just rapid fire through that. Uh, retirement. Lou Williams has now officially at- retired from the NBA. He was not in the league last year, I believe. He's obviously a former Raptor, former Laker. He was a six man of the year for you guys. Um, Three time six man of the year. Dude was a bucket. I remember, I I didn't know him much till. Like, I started watching him in the playoffs with the uh, Raptors. But then, like, looking back into some stuff, dude was a bucket, had some f- great stories. How he talked someone out of shooting, um, nicknamed after Lemon Pepper Wings, Lemon Pepper Lou. Um, and mo- probably, arguably, you could say that he could be named after the Sixth Man of the Year award as well. Well, like, in my time, the best bench player I've ever witnessed. Right? Yeah. For sure. Man won the Sixth Man of the Year. It's funny because they just... I remember the Clippers years, right? When he was in the Clippers. And yeah. he won those trophies. Uh, 
he was just al- he was so good because he's always finishing the game, but they always he never started him because he's he's a six man. If you want a, a definition of a six man is Lou Williams. Yeah, he embraced the role as well. Um, he was a bucket when he was hot. He was hot when he was not. He was not. So it makes sense why he's a six man. Um, yeah, enjoy retirement. You'll, you'll definitely be missed for sure. And yeah, no incredible one, career. No, incredible yeah. career. Um, let's move on to some trade rumors before we get into the NHL news. Um, let me just find some stuff here quickly. Uh, I'm gonna have as many as last. So uh, no, not <laughs> um, Lakers. One Lakers are linked to Fred VanVleet. Yeah, makes sense. I I can see why. Yeah. Um, depends on all D'Angelo Russell. If you don't bring back D'Angelo Russell, I would love this move to happen. I would actually like this a little bit more because of the defensive side of things for the Lakers. And they have some of the cap space there. Obviously, this they'll have to maximize LeBron as much as they possibly can before you know Bronny comes into the league next year. So one last run, run it with him, and then if LeBron moves on, then find a way to um, you have that cap space of LeBron to bring in another star if you really need to. Um, next thing, Clippers are expected to pursue Chris Paul from the Wizards. We mentioned that earlier. We'll see how that works when they're healthy, elite. When they're injured, obviously not. Uh, Bradley Beal again picked the Suns over the Heat, Bucks, and Kings. Uh, here's the thing: the Heat really need to go after Dame now. Yeah, I agree with that. Chris Paul also linked to the Lakers. Let me just go. This is. Uh oh, there's the big one. There's a belief that Dante Dante Divincenzo will decline his player option of four point seven million. That was wow. his player option. Wow. So. If he opts in, Warriors have a steal for next year as well. He had a good year for them. Yeah, he was a good year. And honestly, I was surprised that I genuinely did not know that Warriors got him. And I was like, oh, they got DiVincenzo? Like, that's a good guy off the bench for sure. Yeah, so that's a big free agency piece for teams like the Warriors. Or sorry, not Warriors. Suns, if they could get him on a cheaper deal. I don't know how the mid-level exception works. Maybe that's the guy you could target. Um, another one, Kyle Kuzma is opting out most likely. He's not official like how Fred Bevney was official. And a possible reuniting with the Lakers is a po- um, has, there's a looming possibility he could reunite with the Lakers. Kuzma wants to save himself. Yeah. Uh, let me just check some other ones quickly. I mean, all the rumors, like, I generally, like, agree with. Like, there's nothing that, you know, thrown me off guard. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Mavericks are interested in Harrison Barnes heading to free agency. Defensive side of things, sure, he's obviously getting up there in age, but very inconsistent shooter. He just like as in the playoffs, he showed. He's he's a definition of a role player, right? He's like uh, one of the just mid, right? He'll get the job done. He'll do enough for you. This is some um, okay. So I didn't see this actually. We said that Dame Lillard or Miami should be targeting Dame Lillard. This is by Chris Haynes. Uh, Miami's focus is Portland superstar Damian Lillard. They have genuine belief that this could be the offseason that veteran guard seeks a change of scenery. So, Portland, you're batting here. Are you going to give Dame what he wants? Otherwise, they believe, Miami believes that they could get Dame off their hands this offseason. And they have pieces to get. And if I'm Dame, I would want out anyways. Yeah, like you have Kyle Lowry to match contracts. You have enticing pieces like Tyler Hero, Gabe Vincent, uh, Max Struess could be a good piece as well, right? So, like, they have players that. I think Portland might be free agents as well, but huh? you got. I think Gabe Vincent's a free agent. Oh. I'm not sure about uh, Struce yet. Yeah, but like Tyler here is an enticing piece because I think they're gonna keep Bam obviously and then Jimmy as well. 
Um, so apparently Miami Heat also limited their pursuit of Bradley Beal and wanted to think bigger. Ergo, Damian yeah, Lillard. Yeah, Damian is definitely bigger. Um, Houston Rockets insider thinks Dylan Brooks could make up to $18 million on his next contract. I don't know how. Um, everything else that seems... Nothing else How big. insiders say keep an eye out on Draymond Green going to Miami. Wow. That's That could be a role for, that fits defensively for sure. Yeah. Uh, NBA insider is confident Tobias Harris will be on a new team by the end of next season. Or this season, sorry. End of the summer. Oh, wow. I'm not surprised by that move. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Nothing's throwing me off like last time. Nothing has thrown me off, yeah. Dallas Mavericks interested in Harrison Barnes, I said, and Grant Williams. Yeah. Uh, Fred expected to make command, so not make, command, 30 million. Raptor, are you going to give that to him? No, I can't give that to him. Here's a big one. Okay, let's end it off from this, actually. Uh, this was, okay, I don't know how true this was. Miami offered Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, and multiple firsts. That seems like a fair deal. Because <laughs> I mean, this is, I think, the Miami version of the Phoenix Suns trade. <laughs> if this yeah, is the case. right. Kyle matches Chris, and then Duncan matches Shamit. Even though Duncan is probably better than Shamit now after the playoffs. but Yeah, Duncan had a good playoff. Lakers uh, not expected to land big. I'm going to finish off one thing. Oh, big one. Blazers and Wizards have discussed a trade centered around the number three pick and Kristaps uh, Porzingis. Wizards, you if this is true, do it. Yeah, do it, right? Because <laughs> this is what I mean. Scoot Henderson and or Brandon Miller. Yeah. Could be those guys that could like turn your franchise around. Yeah. Um okay, so here's the thing I wanna end off before we go on, because you are a Raptors fan. And tell me how you feel about this. I'm just going through. Okay, so the Bucks were highly unlikely to trade Chris Middleton. I just wanted to see that. Because yeah. obviously we after we didn't do a pod for a since last episode, I didn't want to see if I didn't miss anything big. Multiple sources, according to HP Basketball, add to HP Basketball on Twitter, have described the Raptors as frustrating to deal with. Go. Like, what do you mean frustrating to deal with? Just frustrating to deal with. Like, other I, teams? Yeah. Dealing with? Yeah. For trades and stuff, I guess. Yeah. Here's one Here's one example I want to bring up. The Kyle Lowry sign-in trade deal? Kyle Lowry should have been gone at the, at the deadline. I was wholeheartedly believing that he should have been gone at the deadline, and we did not give enough back from him, right? What do we get back from Goran Dragic? He's not on the team anymore. You traded him for Thad Young and a pick, first away. And well. Thad Young doesn't even play. Yeah. Uh, Who knows about now? But yeah, back then. And then uh, Precious Precious Achua. You got at least a young piece out of it. A there. decent young piece. You got more than Bradley Beal. <laughs> right, <we laughs> got, Bradley would you Beale. say more than Bradley Beal? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing that there were some like packages. People go crazy at the trade deadline, right? OG for three picks was the thing. First. Oh. From my, uh, Memphis, I believe it was. Like earlier this on? This trade deadline that passed. Okay, yeah. I would have definitely considered that because OG is a good player. And the reason, I love OG. Report where they wanted a roster player out of it. So, like, I don't know if it was Dylan, not Dylan Brooks, I guess, for them. I think they declined Dylan Brooks, but another role uh, role player type guy. Bro, I've been on the rebuild mode now. That was a perfect trade for you right? Uh, you tried it out with Pascal and Freddie. Uh, you tried the basically post quiet experiment. It did not work, right? The bubble year was your best chance, and uh, you lost to Celtics in the seven, okay. in seven games. So after that, you gave Pascal and Fred w- one of their runs, and honestly, they were lucky that they didn't get sw- we didn't get swept uh, by the Sixers last year. Yeah, and the fact that we made it six games obviously just gave me false hope. But 
it's a rebuild. Yeah. Right. And I don't, I don't know because we don't have, like we have, we don't have young pieces, right? Yeah. We have good pieces like OG and Anobi, Pascal Siakam, and obviously Brad could go for nothing now. Yeah. Right? That's what. That's Kyle, the frustrating part yeah, as a fan. Yeah. Like Kyle could should have went way more. And yeah, Gary Trent Jr. could also leave. Yeah. Right. So like there were packages. I remember the rumors that there were like decent packages for Kyle Lowry. Yeah, the Lakers had one. Lakers had one. Heat had one. Um. Sixers maybe I, like, I know the Lakers they were asking a lot from the Lakers as well so and don't get me wrong you obviously value your own pl- uh, players a lot but you also got to be real with it just because you finessed the Kawhi trade and the Norm Powell for Gary Trent Jr. trade doesn't mean it's going to happen every time we thought that as Canucks fans which we'll get into slowly here Jim Rutherford would have done that obviously he hasn't so yeah no for me I guess we're obviously going to be talking about this on Thursday's episode that will come out because uh, the draft is literally the day before, and who knows what move you guys make. Uh, Masai's got to be smart here because I agree with you. It should be a rebuilding route because there's no star, superstar le- level player available. If Pascal Siakam could go for a third overall pick, let alone second, because they're apparently intriguing in the second overall pick as well, even the fourth overall pick because Houston is in play, you do it because Pascal Siakam's a number two in this league. He's not a one or a slash one A, one B situation. He's a clear elite number two as well so yeah if i'm Masai, if i'm bobby you make that move you build around scotty you still have malachi flynn who will get an opportunity now most likely with a new coach and you got a coach that like, and you have christian coloco and you got a coach that you know is keen on developing players because yeah. he said himself that uh, in order for like i want to focus on getting the players better because once the players get better the tactics get better. The team gets yeah. better. Yeah, so you you have some young guys already there. You could, you know, if you want to re-sign Jakob to a, like a two-year deal and trade him at the deadline, be up my guest. Gary Trent Jr. is still an intriguing piece. I think you guys should bring back as a young guy still. He f- still fits that timeline. OG is still there, but I feel like OG will get you guys a lot as well. OG should late get us first, a lot. Late first. Reason why, if there's reason why I would accept the OG trade instantly if I if there's a package that is good. Yeah, is because of his injuries. Yeah, so. Yeah, uh, that's it for that. We'll but talk. I will definitely miss his uh, funny, funny press yeah, conferences. Yeah. Well, we, you like, don't, again, you don't know if he's interviews. Right. But we'll stuff. talk about this more on Wednesday when we record this on Wednesday. Um, let's move on to the NHL. Is this the time we make a Canucks rant finally? Because a big move has been made. Surprising move, but it has been made. Hey, I'm going to say this much. Can Congratulations, because you are not rolling out with the same roster, at least. Sli- so thank you for that. Because you're actually made a move that like is a is a change. They're so, not rolling out with the same roster that failed them the last two years. Defensively, at least. But yeah. here's what he's referring to. Oliver Ekman Larson has officially been bought out by the Canucks. It has been confirmed by the Canucks. This isn't no reports or any projections. Um so let's get started here. We finally get to talk about the Canucks. I'm surprised that this happened because of a cheap owner. Right, um, the trade obviously in hindsight now should have not happened in the first place. Obviously, when the trade went down, to be fair to our cousin, he was against it. But we were kind of like, okay, OEL could because revive we himself. Were, we were on the make the playoffs trend. Like, okay, these guys can make the playoffs, and OEL could revive himself. I didn't, I didn't like the OEL piece. I like the Garland piece, and he still like might get and traded he, as well. He underwhelmed me a little bit. I expect a little bit more from Carl. Yeah. But um, he was still decent enough. The reason why that trade made no sense was he also traded away Dylan. Well, not Dylan. You traded the pick that was Dylan Gunther. Now, does that mean Benning would have selected Dylan Gunther? I don't know. 
that's something we have to talk, ask Benning at the time. But here's the thing. Jim Benning was doing what Jim Benning needed to do to save his job. Yeah. He wasn't doing anything because he he fucked the bubble. Yeah. Right? He fucked it. How the, how the hell do you leave? leave we're like, oh, Toffoli could come back or at least, you know, Toffoli. You traded a second to get yeah, Toffoli. Toffoli. And a top prospect who didn't pan out but still a top prospect at the time. Yeah, no, there, there was Toffoli. There was uh, Tanif. There was Stetcher. And there was Markstrom. We're like, maybe three of the four could have come back well, because Markstrom makes sense that he was gone. Right? He was big yeah, contract. I, still, I was still in the team trade Markstrom, but obviously it was tough because like, we, we were in a playoff spot. We were in a playoff spot, right? Yeah. And we would have had no goalie. Demko. Uh, but, but he but. obviously, Demko turned up in the bubble. Yeah. How the hell do you let Tanev, Toffoli, and Stetcher leave? All right? You, there's no way you let, you go 0 for 3 on those three. And then you, I mean, you replace no. Stetcher's like legit 1.5 million. At that time, yeah. Sorry, to fill in your Markstrom point, you did a good job by bringing in Braden Holpe. Well, like, yeah, like, At looking for replacement-wise. Yeah. Uh, but the one that didn't make sense was... Um, but obviously... We, the, we don't want to go back to the past too much. I, I don't know, wanna, but quickly, we'll obviously, the Hopi thing didn't Because he brought back for Tanev instead of Toffoli for $4 uh, million. And like, Toffoli was $4 million. Well. Yeah. as well. But so, that's, that's Jim Benning's fault. Obviously, Jim Benning's gone now, thankfully. So, obviously, I can't blame Rutherford So, we can't that. blame the new management. Too much right? on it. But then, here's what I'm going to say. The new management... We're making all these points of like changes need to be made. We gotta clear cap. We gotta uh, make changes to the roster because. Uh, uh, You're talking about last year, right? Yeah, like they made all these claims, but they did not follow through with anything. So here's my thing with that: they doubled down on this. Um, so first, let's talk OEL. Then we'll go into the Canucks as a whole. OEL is officially bought out. He's officially a free agent. He's getting paid by the Canucks. His cap hit gets plunged this year, but we will be paying him. It's the biggest cap hit for a buyout player in history, I believe. And we'll be paying him till 2031. I think the cap hit on average will be like 4 million a year after this year. So it's still a lot of cap. And with the rumors that the cap is only moving up 1 million. For this year, it's fine. Hopefully it moves up a lot next year. This space, now this is where the important part is. OEL, great person from what I heard. I loved him in Arizona. I obviously was a little, I didn't want him on the Canucks at the time. We got him during the Canucks, even the rumors before we, when we got Nate Schmidt instead of him. I was like, let's go. We don't need that cap hit. Obviously, that trade happened. Um, but we moved on now. Problem is, even with without OEL, doesn't matter. Our defense is shit. Right? Ethan Bear, RFA, who's going to be out till December anyways. Right? We made the Philip Heronic trade. Not a fan of what we gave up, but I'm a fan of what the player could be. It, the, it's still a risk. The game, and you needed to pay Philip Heronic anyways. Yeah, yeah, no. But the games that Philip Heronic played... Just like he was, he was decent, incredible. Yeah, he, like he, he was good. He was really good. But the problem is, he's coming off a hip surgery now or hip injury, whatever he. Yeah, so uh, that's, some type of injury he's that's got. Where, that's where the question mark. So is. that's gonna be the question mark. You have a generational defenseman in um, Quinn Hughes. Like I want to say generational it might be too high of a term, but an elite defenseman in Quinn Hughes, right? Who improved his defensive game and he could make guys like um, Noah Juleson look decent with him. So that's fine. You could still live with that. Obviously, you would still prefer to have like a an elite defensive guy. Yeah, just like think uh, as in f- soccer terms, opposite of Harry Maguire. Okay. Right? <laughs> because <laughs> I Harry, did not expect you to go there, but... <laughs> Harry Maguire looks everyone, makes everyone look bad. Quinn Hughes makes everyone look good. Okay, yeah. So here's the thing. Who are you going to pair with Philip Ronick, right? OEL, that, that for me? We don't have any we, left, like elite left shot. That, that's why. Right. For me, number one priority defenseman is not finding a partner for Hughes. It's finding a partner for Ronick. Yeah. 
right? Because we we haven't seen Hironik carry uh, his line. Yeah, and then in that case, Hironik already being a, a right shot defenseman, so an un- op- unpopular opinion would be maybe we need a left shot defenseman more. more. Honestly, in, you're in not the only one that said that. Halford and Bruff were talking about that too. I think Jason Bruff was saying that. Actually? Yeah. Well, they're saying that they might feel like, well, obviously we need both, clearly. Yeah, obviously we need just... And we're drafting defense, 11 and there's some right shot D, left shot D so there. So now we're not like handcuffed by saying, oh, we need a right defense. We have right? that cap space for this next year. How are you going to make more? Are you going to trade Garland, Besser, Beauvillier, right? If you're going to make the playoffs, Thatcher Demko ain't getting traded. That makes no sense to me, especially when he carried you to a spot that we needed him. We didn't need to be in, but he still carried the Canucks to like a top 10. They were 11th, right? 11th best odds. Yeah, 11th pick, right? So yeah, 11th best odds, which means they rose from like 6th worst to 11th worst. Um, can you ma- use this 7 million in cap space? How are you going to allocate it in the summer and you still need to make more moves right the, de- the draft is still coming up are you going to move on from jt miller miraculously this also moves up some cap space for um your shirt you're wearing patterson, patterson. um because he needs an extension right i'm not going out next year with patterson not being on a contract you need to pay him by august the latest so for me as the key is how are you going to bu- uh, build this roster because it's going to be a massive failure if you do not make the playoffs next year, because that's what you're preaching, right? Now you're on your second year. You could, you didn't have anything to do with this OEL trade. You, I'm sure you tried moving OEL. I'm sure they probably teams asked for like a first, this year's first. Good thing you didn't trade that just to get off the contract. Yeah, so it depends on how you um, use this to propel the team. The one thing that this management team does good is that like they were, they built that third and fourth line forwards. And defensemen. And some, like the, some of the defensemen. Some third pair defensemen. Well, now the only issue is how could how could you add a top four defenseman and a third line center, obviously, right? Yeah, which is tough. And that third line center doesn't have to be like driving his own line. That third line center needs to win faceoffs, kill penalties, and just be a great guy, you know? So be can you physical. find that? Like there's guys obviously like Barbashev who just priced himself out. Um, Gavrikov obviously signed. But... In general, uh, can you find someone like that on the free agency market? Because you have that cap space to help out right now. Um, like you said, for me, at the end of the day, you could be the first overall pick. You still need to be developed well. When we mentioned the Rangers last episode. With Lafreniere. The Lafreniere and Kako and all these guys and Kraftsoft. At the end of the day, ta- yes, you would still bet on that talent, which is why the Canucks kept Vertanen for the longest time. Um, but... You've seen guys like Datsuk in the past, Zetterberg in the past, late picks, Mark Stone, develop into something that uh, elite, like, right? They're elite. So players. the Canucks, they, they uh, right now, I, I believe in the Sedins, I believe in Mikhail Samuelson, Chris Higgins, and all these guys, uh, Mike Commissarek. They are developing guys well. You're looking at Niels Oman, who made the roster from the beginning, and, right? Uh, Abbotsford Canucks had a good season. Yeah, like they were like... And then their coach... Uh, how is it Jeremy Covington or something Jeremy Colleton Colleton former Chicago coach young one of the youngest coaches is has developed pieces there Arshdie Baines I hope he gets a call up next year it'll be tough at the beginning but at least on injury side of things I think he would have been called up this year if it wasn't for the rules Um, uh, every time I hear Chris Faber who I listen to a lot because he literally knows these prospects and the Abbotsford Canucks well it was like yep Arshdie Baines up there Um, who's the guy that we dropped Klimovich 
uh, propelled like, under this uh, uh, coaching Ho- staff. Hoglander improved. Hoglander improved. Hoglander like he struggled. He was up and down and he, he was, was injured. Yeah, he was up and down, but Hoglander improved a lot because he, he got Linus. Because Ho- Hoglander got chucked in there. Jet Wu was a write off now to the point where Jet Wu could make the squad next yeah. year. No, no, but the point with Hoglander is he was because of Jim Benning's stupid decisions. Hoglander was just chucked in there. Yeah. And yes, he had a good rookie year. But then how? But that's a rookie year. No one knew him. Everyone, everyone, yeah. No one now when that people were like, all right, this guy's a good focus because they helped the Canucks win the game. Yeah. Win games, right? So obviously, ever since then he started struggling because he never got developed properly. Yeah. So I'm I'm a fan of the development stuff here. So that, that's where I'm okay with it. Just offensively, I'm fine. Yeah. If you keep JT Miller, fine, right? Like I think he should be okay. As a 2C, Pedersen, bring him back. If Pedersen doesn't come back, that's a whole different story. But we have a number one defenseman. We have a number one goalie. We have a number one center. Yeah, right. We had a guy with like a potential superstar status in Elias Pedersen. Can you build the pieces around him? You have a good fourth line. Can you build a decent third line? And there's obviously, like it's like every team. But this team is going to go as far as Pedersen, Hughes, and Demko. All three combined take them. Because the previous yeah. year, Pedersen struggled. And Demko was god tier, right? And Hughes was okay. This year, Hughes improved, Petey improved, but Demko struggled. Same result. If those three combined yeah. are playing their best hockey at the same time, then can there's you build a chance. A, and can you build a piece? That, that was one of the issues. JT as well. Miller as well. Yeah, but that was yeah. one of the issues as well. And obviously, you could chuck in JT Miller. But that was one of the big but, issues this last couple of years because those three never clicked at the same time. Yeah. So the last thing, because we're gonna cover this more in the draft, I don't want to. And then when they click at the same time near the end of the season, you saw. Yeah, they're, they're, but now here's the thing: what? the end of the season is a different end result. Of season doesn't matter because because no a no, you're playing teams that are already probably tanking. B, you're playing teams that are well locked in, and they're probably not. There's trying no pressure. Just there's no that. pressure. The pressure is getting a good start. Yeah, you haven't had that's that. the thing, right? Can you make the next year? If you guys don't make the playoffs, I don't know what's gonna happen to this um, province, this city, the Lower Mainland here. So a lot's riding on this. Um, so you definitely still gotta make more moves. There's one move I heard on the radio that I honestly liked and uh, i told you about this like a couple of days ago which was a defenseman adding brandon dillon he has like a three million aav uh, and uh he's also sh- he's a left shot sorry boy sorry boy obviously could pair Not with heronic part, but yeah uh pair with heronic yeah and but he also has experience playing on the right side because he played with john carlson eric carlson on the right side so yeah if you want to chuck him up with hughes that could still yeah that could fit so you well. definitely gotta make moves clearly um, if there's if you guys don't make the playoffs, Francesco is gonna fire your ass because he's only paying OEL because you, he believes you guys can get on the playoffs. Um, I don't even care about the Francesco side of things. Well, one thing, what about Myers? Is he a free agent after this? After this year, yeah, he needs to get his signing bonus, which is in September. Then he'll be How? he'll be easier to trade then, not now. Okay, so like obviously this year's focus is playoffs, right? Yeah. But what do you think the chances are that Myers brings back value at? In the off season or at the deadline, because he's a one year, right? And then players he will bring value once he gets a signing bonus paid, according to Frank Cervelli. Yeah, because right. The cap won't be as big. Yeah, so he, he's it's a right shot defenseman. Those right have shot value, right? Pe- people. If Eric Branson got a four by four contract at this past off season, Myers has con- a value. I understand Myers. Yeah, but six mil. The six mil is like the one that it doesn't matter now. Yeah, because it's other Myers is an okay defenseman. He's not a six mil defenseman. He's a, not a six mil defenseman, like but a, it shows the inflated value of a right shot demon. Yeah. Look what we gave up for Philip Hronik. Yeah, right. And Philip Hronik's gonna probably end up getting seven mil by us eventually. Yeah, so, so also clearing up that cap for Philip Hronik was yeah, important. So um 
last so, thing so Hronik and Pedersen will be free agents at the same time, right? Like they. I don't know about if Hronik's gonna be an RFA. Yeah, no, but like there will be like. But PD will be an RFA. Yeah, like we need to offer them basically. Yeah. Like there will be free agents. Yeah. At the same time. Essentially. So and you also want, and you also don't want to waste that heck of a contract you have. The one good thing Benning did before the, he got that fired. Quinn Hughes contract. No. Wait. Not that that. Oh, the Demko contract. The Demko contract is a steal. Five yeah. by five is a steal. So you have like three more years remaining from it. But anyways, last thing before we go on to the Jasper Bratt news. Um, Francesco, obviously, slight props. You're actually doing this, but you're an idiot for still not firing Jim Benning. When the he Wizards. Needed you. It's the Wizards. Yeah, this that's why it was like a little heated towards that side of things. Um, no, the heated thing will come on later. But yeah, so you, you did do that, but you still... You need to make approve some other things. Um, let's see what this. Let's, see what let's see what this um, uh, front office does now. So th- it all lies on that. So this opens up moves, but yeah, at the end of the day, if they don't do well this year, they're obviously gone because no way Aquilini is gonna be keeping them if you're gonna make paying yell not to play for them till twenty thirty one. Yeah, that's a lot. This is a Louis Erickson trade, by the way, result. <laughs> yeah, right. So, let's move on. Jesper Bratt has extended with the New Jersey Devils. Started off hot last year. Obviously, cooled off a little bit, but was still part of that elite young core. He's a part of their core, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously, they made a decision to resign him, which I agree with. But the thing is, he's got he's going to have to perform, right? Uh, one example... I want to bring up, but before his contract, it's an eight-year, 63 mil, which is a 7.875 AAV. Yeah. So, uh, the, what they pay him for a year. Pretty cheap. And yeah, it's for that decent, type of player. Right, it's decent. Uh, but when you think about it, this was his first year where he really, like, popped off. Obviously, the Devils as a team popped off as well. So, like, we're considering the Devils to be good again. So, with that, we expect Jesper Bat to be good again. But I have, like, this thing where, like, people after, like, signing a contract, like, especially in their first year, in the big year, like, uh, a, a big contract in their first season, usually struggle, right? And there's, like, you could agree with that. Yeah. We, we experienced it with our team. We experienced it with Pedersen. Uh, because so they low a little bit. That's what it is. Huh? Pressure's on. Yeah, pressure's on because, like, they're, and people you're, considered like low. you're considered as a guy. Like yeah, one of the guys, right? But the thing with this one is, you still have other guys with you. Yeah, you still have other guys. So with you, Patterson was the guy. Yeah. That. Uh, so that's my point. And Patterson's pressure was also it was just, a short-term contract for me. Like when it comes to contract stuff, it just like you gotta wait and see, right? Uh, it's good that they made a good early decision, because if they waited a little bit longer, you know, you don't know if it's gonna be like a, like a Jason Robertson or a Tage Thompson situation where they yeah. popped off even more because yeah. people I saw like when Tate Thompson got extended last year there was arguments that like oh why do we sign him like this early or like we should have waited and stuff that was another mistake by Benning because he was capped out to extend oh yeah um not oh yeah um PD yeah right they're like oh why why um why do we sign him this early and stuff and obviously yeah. looking at their looking at the year he's one of the players one of the f- that, few players that excelled in his first year after getting a big contract. That, that Devils team is on the come up, but so we'll see what happens next. Um, but otherwise, like move, I'm fine with it. You want to keep, you want to, you want to lock up one of your guys, and you did that, right? Yeah. So you can't really argue them, All argue right. with that. Moving on, we'll cover the NHL more during the draft week um, next Sunday. But let's move on to some soccer. 
Um, let's start off with transfer or uh, NHL transfer rumors. I didn't see any. I don't. Um, nothing major for NHL happening right now. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll move on to the soccer transfers. That's a lot of rumors with that. You know, it's always it, filled with rumors. It's silly season for a reason for all sports right now because you hear a lot of dumb shit going around. But first up, Bayern Munich are in advanced negotiations to sign Man City defender Kyle Walker. This man left Tottenham at 27 at zero trophies, is now 33, and has like, I don't know how many trophies. Probably like 20. Yeah, so <laughs> I least. forgot the number. I have to look at it, but yeah. yeah it's obviously the He's best, won, des- he the best decision. He this year, Premier League titles. The He's best won, decision yeah. he made of his life. Yeah, so I mean, uh, makes sense. Maybe a new challenge for him. Bayern I won't say Munich. life. I would say career. Obviously, Bayern Munich ended up getting Cancelo. They didn't work out fully. Let's see if they could do it with Kyle Walker, but he is much older. Um, Arsenal are willing to listen to offers for Thomas Partey in their attempts to overhaul their midfield. This makes sense because you're bringing, trying to get Declan Rice. You're trying to get Romel Lavia. I know he's not a center mid, but I'm just saying in general. And you're trying to get in Kai Lavia Havertz. is a center mid. He is? He's in the midfield, yeah. Oh, okay, I thought, I mean, I thought he was outside mid. but No, he's in center. Okay, so you're trying to get those guys in. You need to make funds. And Mar- Partey is also up there And in age. people that are comparing Partey to Casemiro, you guys are stupid. Casemiro is the more elite guy. He had more goals. He had more goal involvements, and he's a better He's a better player. Yeah. So Arsenal <laughs> fans that were saying that no people are comparing part like Partey his Arsenal fan, just drink your bottles. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Um uh, Florentino Perez revealed that Real Madrid fans that former Stoke player Yoselu will sign with um next week from Espanol and he's now with um Madrid and he is the last signing they'll make for the summer, he said. Now, I don't know how much that is bullshit because obviously the Mbappe news is all out season, there. All season is always like... The Mbappe news is up there. You can never trust teams, especially in, like with uh, North American sports and draft time. You can yeah. never trust teams. Yeah, so the Mbappe news is out there, so I don't know how much that's a factor in this because their front line isn't the greatest right now. Vinny, obviously elite, but everybody else, not so much. Yeah. Because he lost Benzema. Yeah, Benzema's not there. Rodrigo's obviously decent. Yeah. But... Lacking a striker now, for yeah. sure. Um, Arsenal have rejected Alexis Sanchez's request to resign him. Makes sense. Makes sense. Brandon Rodgers has agreed to a deal once again, become Celtic head coach, because Ange is now in Tottenham. Yeah. This is fake. I don't believe this. Real Madrid boss Carlo Ancelotti is set to be announced as the new head coach of Brazil. Don't trust that source. So, um, Here's a big one. Saudi Arabian club Al-Halal have um, agreed to a £47 million fee for the signing of Ruben Neves per the Athletic. Ruben Neves was linked to United, to Barca. Solid midfielder. Clearly money's on his mind. That's fair. Don't say that's not on your mind because that's the, there's a reason why Oscar moved to China back then. There's a reason why you're moving now and you're not serious about winning that way. Yeah. Just a quick funny point because like, you know how you said you didn't trust the source of the Carlo Ancelotti one? Yeah. Right? So obviously me being new to Twitter. So I got this notification saying that John Rant was suspended the whole season. <laughs> and I like, come to you right away. I was like, bro, is this legit? Did John Rant get suspended? And can you name the Twitter account? I look at a Twitter account, Buck Crack News or something like that. <laughs> Buck Crack Sports. Buck, Buck Crack Sports. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. I just got Welcome debated. to Twitter, buddy. I Welcome got to Twitter. <laughs> I just got completely baited. <laughs> That's a clippable moment. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Eric Ten Hag has been left fuming that the club's ongoing takeover saga has impacted signings that led Declan Rice to most likely to Arsenal. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. Figure this shit out. Glazer, stop being greedy. Um, 
hopefully obviously we want the Qatari ownership for not just because no most money but they actually have a plan in place for both the men and women and the academy teams to build proper um training um centers and all that so but figure this out because otherwise going to next year when we do our premier league predictions we're, we're probably gonna end up putting me on united, man united fifth or something no way yeah it's because like i don't think chelsea's gonna like, be that it's like, low tra- it's like last year's transfer window like they started making all these late moves right and obviously when you make the later moves you're so you're shown as desperate yeah and when you're shown as desperate you're gonna overpay yeah. For like, uh, Anthony, and then like uh, Casemiro wasn't an overpay, but he's still old, so you could, like, it was a still a lot for a thirty-year-old yeah. already. Cause then you're gonna go random desperate mode. Mason Mount is still close, but we need a striker. We lost on Kim Menje. That was I'm gonna bring up soon. Kim Menje is most likely going to Bayern Munich, and trigger the release clause next week or after July first. Yeah, and then, like. And another example is Jaden Sancho, who came in late as well. Right? Yeah, we can't have coming players coming late. So like, we gotta get this stuff. And done. again, this is not on. Uh, this, this is why I don't like. One reason why I don't like bashing players at first year because they come in late. They don't have the preseason. Yeah. To like train with the new teammates. Yeah. And get used to the new city. Exactly. Right. So that's another reason. Like that's on the team. Yeah. Like, get your shit done early. Um, Newcastle have made Cucurella one of their transfer targets as Chelsea want to cut their losses. Um, okay. Khalid, Khalid Koulibaly wants to leave Chelsea and Al-Halal is one of the teams there. Saudi, come up. Um, I don't know how true this is. United are preparing a 45 million bid for Jordan Pickford. Tottenham have signed Dejan Kulosevsky in a contract until June 2028. Um, Kulosevsky is a good player. Yeah. Uh, Modric has rejected a 200 million contract over three years deal from Saudi. Modric is a Madrid the yeah. good stuff. Romeo Beckham is now a Brentford signee. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably academy team. Yeah. Uh, I think there was a couple. Let me just went. Oh, Manchester United are ahead of Chelsea in the race for Andre Onana. I would love to have Onana, especially um, seeing that intro. Antalanta, on, on the field, not off the field, on the field only. Antalanta informed Rasmus Hodgland's agents this week that his fee would be $100 million, um, far above the $47 million anticipated uh, further talks are expected ahead, but Man United will not bid close to that amount. Yeah, that's this is a Man United lot. link. That's so, to be yeah. a lot of money. Too. Yeah, I'm not trying to spend that much. Obviously, I don't think the players will. Like that's Oshiman territory right there. Yeah. Uh, oh, some updates on the PSG coaching thing. Uh, they got Luis Enrique, right? No, it, that's the rumor. And according to this, was yesterday. Today was Luis Enrique. Tiago Mota, former player, might be. Oh wow, <laughs> Tiago Mota. I never heard that name in a while. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. That was like FIFA 16 days. And they also talked to Arteta, but I doubt he's leaving. Uh, Manchester United have been linked to Ollie Watkins because of Harry. <laughs> Look at that downgrade from Harry Kane. Not even wash him in. Uh, another Saudi team in link to Hakim Ziyech. And yeah, I think that's a couple of them. Let me just open one more thing. But any other news that I missed that are up there? No, nothing, nothing. No update big. on Mbappe. Yeah, Mbappe is just normal now. Uh, like his news is not gonna be anything. Like it just, I feel like if we ever get Mbappe news, it's me him actually like moving. Oh, Agent Shaw is playing because England is at Carrington training because their next game is in uh, um Old Trafford, so they're training at Carrington. Oh wow! <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And Shaw did come out to the media and say, I am talking to some of these guys. Telling Manchester is a good spot, <laughs> but none of it will matter if the ownership shit isn't figured out. Yeah, like or sell some players to get 
But yeah, it's tough, man. Like this owners, like Glazers, just find a way to fuck up everything, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think that's it for the news. Yeah, Luis Enrique, according to Fabrizio Romano, seems to be the guy after Nagelsmann has fell off. I uh, really Ruben thought- Neves' deal is done to Al Halal, according to him. Not officially official, but if it's Fabrizio Romano, it usually is. Um, yeah, I'm disappointed in that for sure, but definitely could have been a backup, good backup midfielder, and also good enough to start for any squad. Ruben Neves is a good player. And seeing yeah. long shots. So David Ornstein also confirmed he has completed his medical, and Ruben Neves is only 26 years old. Wow. So that, I'm a little bit surprised of that one. Yeah. Um, did not expect that. To at least out. like at least Conte and Benzema they accomplished something. Yeah. And th- they're in their 30s. And Chelsea have agreed terms with Nicholas Jackson from Villarreal, 35 million clause, 21 year old striker, and they needed a striker. Let's see how good he's gonna be. So. Wow. Let's move on on to the last couple of things. Last couple of things here. Um. Nations League, both UEFA, CONCACAF finals. We'll start off with UEFA because we have some shit to talk about CONCACAF. Um, yeah. UEFA Nations League finals, Spain versus Croatia, um, 0-0 through extra uh, extra time, 120 minutes. Um, Spain ultimately won it with a Danny Carvajal Panenka um, to win in PKs after Americ Laporte couldn't. Americ Laporte didn't finish it off. Finish it off. And then, but then Unai Simon made a save in the sixth penalty shooter. And... Carvajal, Panenka, and Unlikely. Spain are your UEFA Nations League champions. After, now they're the only title holders with France and Portugal. So congratulations, Spain. And also sucks for Croatia because now they another lost. loss. An- another loss in the final. Semi-final loss bef- in the World Cup. And then obviously Last Euros year. didn't win. And then 2018, 2018 finalists Final. as well. All right, moving on. We might we won't try to drag this out too much. But CONCACAF Nations League, as Joven alluded to, why we were a little annoyed. Canada ended up losing 2 nothing to the U.S. And obviously, I have some points to make about this one. And no, obviously, losing to the U.S. is obviously one reason we're angry because we don't want to lose to the U.S. Yeah. at anything. But this is this is based on just Canada's performance. Okay, so a couple off. of things before we get into the actual game. This was Atiba's, uh, Hutchison's official last game. He did not step on the field for obvious reasons. And that's the part that pisses me off because we could have a perfect storybook ending there. And on top of that, this was their first final and win. So their last final was the time they won the Gold Cup was in 2000. So 23 years ago. Yeah. Canada, obviously making the World Cup, has shown that there are there's a three-headed horse in the CONCACAF. Okay, so before I want to ask you a question, I'm going to cut you off there. Yeah. Are they the second best team? Because we know the U.S. is number one. I don't think so. I think we might be. And here's right the reason now, at this current moment, not FIFA rankings. I'm talking about at this current moment. This what we have witnessed from the World Cup onwards. Yes, because Mexico and I was listening to Galindo. I was listening. I'm not saying that those guys are like right 100. percent I'm just saying I agree with what they were saying and Halford because they're saying that they are the best because can or Mexico got their ass kicked by the U.S. as well. I did not really. I did not know and what happened. That Mexico game. did not do well in the World Cup like they normally do. Yeah, that that their a point. their stars are aging. Can you name any up and coming star for them right now? Only one I could name that's I would say close to in their prime is Herving Lozano, and that's it. And so you cannot mention any of those the Dos Santos brothers anymore. Um, who's the guy? Real Morales or whoever? Real. Chicharito's no longer there. There's no Chicharito. So it's, it's Canada Raul, it's for Raul me, Jimenez, and now I have to see them play Mexico. Before, before, before is Raul 
Jimenez, not Raul Morales is a completely different player. Oh, okay, yes. <laughs> All right, Raul Jimenez. You could tell them Raul, though. But yeah. Um. So, so you that's why I'm that. saying I have to see them play Mexico, but yeah. I will not be surprised if they are the second best team. Yeah, the, the reason why the FIFA rankings are massive is it also incorporates previous years. If if the semifinal was against Mexico instead of Panama, then obviously you would argue can't you? It'll be clear. That but the Canada way like Mexico got their ass kicked by the U.S. and yes, Canada lost two nothing, but when we watched the game, it wasn't great. It was better than that but Mexico. Would, performance. But Canada not being that great still had opportunities. To exactly, score. that's my point. That's why yeah. I'm saying they're the second best team, which is why this makes it even worse. Is my point. But, you're not. But they're a perennial three third for sure. Yeah, but Kanda, you're not. You ain't getting off the hook this time. Okay, so here's the thing. Honeymoon, honeymoon phase is over. That honeymoon, ended at the World Cup. That last game against Morocco, right? We gave you a pass. You know, Bella took him off in Bobby style, right? Yeah. Like uh, first World Cup. First That's time. a card game for those um, non-Punjabi people watching yeah, right? that don't play Bobby. Uh, yeah. It's a card game. It's yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. If you play with that rule, yeah. But, that World Cup, like, okay, this is the first time you experienced playing with, like, Belgium, who's yeah considered one of the powerhouses, or was, because their goal in the era is over, Croatia, and Morocco, who are two semifinalists in the yeah, World Cup. exactly. Right? So, first World Cup, you're a young team, you got experience out of the way. Now, th- now is where the thing starts. Yeah. You fall off now? It's it's not gonna look good. So here's the thing that pissed it me. It ain't gonna look good for the stars. It ain't look good good for Kanda Soccer. It ain't look good. Ain't gonna look good for John Herdman. No one's the off the. No one's off the hook. No here. one's off the hook. The players, Canada Soccer as a whole, the coaching staff. Here's the reason why. You've shown you could be a uh, get a result, not just be get a result against a good U.S. squad, right? You tied them in the qualifiers last year at U.S. in the USA down one nothing. By the way, down one nothing, and you beat them at home. Number one, number two, you did the exact same thing in Mexico. One of the teams that you, you, normally you can't go down to the Azteca and win. You beat, you tied them at the Azteca, and then they came here and you beat them. How long has it been since we've done that? A very long exactly. Time. The reason why we're riled up and upset is when you know the Canada soccer history. They've been shit. There's a reason why Atiba Hutchinson had retired at once upon a time and came back when he realized there's something going on here. Right, John Herdman called him up, but. The reason, um, so the game first, they were not ready to play. Um, they were after the first goal. It looked like it was over. There were yes, there were chances, but they weren't like. No, yeah, they they started to play after the second goal. They were they they were fundamentally like technical issues. Five yard passes being misplaced. First touches being worse than my first touch, and my first touch is absolutely garbage, right? Uh. Uh, we couldn't get the uh shitty giveaways in the in our own half in the middle third. Set pieces were brutal. Set pieces couldn't freaking Estacio, I love you. Like both offensive defensive. Right. Sorry, I'm gonna clear yeah. up, like, go on the offensive side. Uh, but you couldn't hit a corner kick past the first defender to save your life that game. Yeah. I so, under I don't understand how as a professional soccer player, you need to hit a corner kick or a free kick past the first defender. Yeah. Unless you're actually purposely hitting it in your post for a flick on. That's a different story. But clearances, like the U.S. made, simple clearances. Uh, yeah, like I was going, shitty giveaways in the middle third and your own defensive third. Uh, could not... Could execute in the final third. Couldn't execute in the final third, but also could not link play at all. The only way we got up the pitch is by playing a diagonal ball. 
and using Davies's speed who and struggled who, who struggled as well. And then your two strikers, strikers David and Laren, couldn't get into a game, and they struggled a lot because the you could, first of all you couldn't get them the ball. Second of all, when you did get them the ball, they couldn't. Did there's no help around them? No, there's no. Yeah, no. But this is on David and Laren. They couldn't hold it up. Yeah. So here's the other thing. Defensively as well, we need absolutely better center back. shocking. Um, it's time absolutely to play. Absolutely shocking. I look at Kalen Kyle's tweet. It's time to play the d- younger defenseman. I'm not saying it's Borian's fault completely. Could he have saved the first goal? He should have saved the first he goal. He should have saved no, the first he goal. He should have saved. Like they could rebound. I'm not saying he should have caught it. Yeah. Or, or like there would have been a rebound, but he should have saved that first goal. All I'm right. not letting him off that. Um, that second goal was shocking defensively. Like no one stepped up to. Bro, Reina was Reina. a free man dribbling. And the, there was no surprise to me when Gio Reina went injured. Is when Kanda picked it up their game a little bit in the midfield. Yeah, Gio Reina was having himself. Um, a game. The, okay, so that's the game. And the frustrating part was they had the perfect storybook ending. The, sorry, the last frustrating part was they had Weston McKenney suspended and they had Serginio Des suspended and they had Tyler Adams injured. This is the U.S. team I'm talking about. This wasn't the best U.S. team. Exactly. And this was a final. You would think that this is a championship. The UEFA, sorry, the CONCACAF Nations League is a second year trophy or third year. And USA won last year. So they're back-to-back champs. I think it's, I think it's second year, and I think U.S. won every time. Okay, yeah. so oh yeah, I wasn't sure if Mexico won the I'm first not, one. I'm not if sure. was the first one. I'm guessing it's second year. Okay, so the reason why we're annoyed is Canada soccer now has expectations. And the problem is, and I've never seen Kristen Jack, who was one of the analysts after the game, pissed off. So here's my, here's my rant. Canada soccer, figure your shit out. I don't know what your political status is right now. Get this team now better opponents. That's your job. You need to get friendlies made for these guys that are better opponents. CONCACAF, outside of the U.S. and Mexico, is not a top region team for you to play friendlies against. And there's no point setting up friendlies against Mexico and U.S. because you're going to play them anyways in competitive markets or competitive tournaments, like which you will in the Gold Cup, qualifiers, and now the Copa America. And future CONCACAF nations. Exactly. So you need to do what... Uh, get Uruguay again. You need to get them um, um, ready for Argentina and the Copa America, Brazil, whoever you need to play. All right? That's number one. Uh, number two, Canada soccer as a whole, the scouting department, John Herman, whoever it needs, whoever's the head of this. Start recruiting those dual sit- young dual citizen guys that are elite. All right? U.S. soccer is on the come up. None of their guys are elite core guys are old. They're on the come up. Their striker who scored the second goal is insane. He's well. good. I think he's in the league. Huh? Yeah. They have a lot of guys in the European leagues. Canada is obviously doing better in that with you got Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David, Kyle Lahren, Stefan Ostakio, Trajan Buchanan, and... Um, Alistair Johnson. Yes. Now. Yeah, him. So, you obviously need to find more guys. Can you get some dual citizens like the Ike Ugbo? I'm not saying he should be the guy. Preferably defenders, but you can't pick and choose. Obviously, there's We one. need to get a center back and a center defensive mid to hold that defensive structure yeah, that down together. Yeah, triangle was, like, you would... Exp- obviously, oh, and Ismail Kone, who had a decent game yeah, as well. Ismail yeah, Ismail Kone was good, decent. Uh, he had a great uh, setup in the first half. Uh, okay, strikers, you would think they're fine, right? With uh, David... The talent we have, yes, but yeah. I'm going to get to the players but, in a second. But, but let's talk about the Kanda soccer side of obviously, things. Obviously, we're just talking about, like, roster on paper. Yeah. Like, what we've seen... Uh, in qualifiers and the World Cup, right? Yeah. And that time, every time they lost or whatever, we didn't care because we're like, okay, you made it. You guys did this now. You made this here. But like you said, honeymoon phase is over. Yeah. All right. There's an expectation. Now you got to live up to it. 
Exactly. Right. Like, in my eyes, you're the second best team in this um, region. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, um, there, it will be a disappointment if you don't make the finals. In like, my eyes, in any competition. Obviously, all these big nations they made an expectation for themselves, and they're living up to it, right? Um, but here's my point: on paper, you would agree we have good striker talent, right? Good attacking depth in general. Attacking depth, uh, talent, and high end talent, right? High end, and that also includes attacking midfielders and maybe box to box eights. Yeah. At least we need depth in it. But obviously, there's starting lineup: David, Laren, Davies, Buchanan, Estacio, Kone. Right, those are good like attacking. Osorio core. is okay. Osorio is also good decent. D- uh, develop or uh, depth. Depth wise, Cavallini is good depth wise as well. Right, um, fullbacks. I think I'm happy with them. I think it's decent. Right. Again, depth never hurts. Depth never hurts, but like you got Johnson, you got Larea, you got Adekube, and I don't know if I'm missing anything. Center backs and CDM. Oh my goodness, I have and goalie in bro, a way. I wa- we don't we know watched we have- our cousins game yesterday, right? Yeah. Absolutely shocking game. This was worse than that. This was completely worse than that. The thing about that game was both teams are garbage. Yeah. So it didn't matter. And they ended up winning. Shout out to our cousin who hit the winning penalty. Game winning penalty. Also uh, nice little corner flags, smash celebration. Uh, but no, this time USA was good. And it showed that yeah. USA were hungrier. They were technically better. And, and they like, absolutely dominated that that triangle three that we need the center back, center back, and CDM. Here's the thing. I'm going to cut you off there. The 2 nothing down, fine. Whatever. USA, obviously, here's the thing. Same thing happened with Morocco. Same thing happened with Croatia when they were down 3-1. They're, the teams like Panama, if you're down one nothing, 2 nothing, you could come back. Teams like what the U.S. are doing now, and if you think the U.S. is tough to come back from 2 nothing down, the teams you did, faced in the World Cup, which did it to you guys. The, all three teams. Belgium, you were down one nothing as well. Now, that one was more you weren't clinical. That's what I will blame them, put the blame yeah, to. That was just, that was not a good game, but like you weren't you clinical. Expect, you cannot expect to come back from behind, but you need to learn to come back from behind with some urgency and you can't give up because when you're going to play teams that are in the World Cup consistently, that includes the U.S., you need to do this. Okay, realistically, last three games we watched were the Croatia game, Morocco game, and then obviously the final today, right? Yeah. Three elite opponents. I watched a little bit of the Panama game, to be fair. but Yeah, yeah no, but like we're, if you're talking about the three big opponents, right? Kanda in the qualifiers, you know what they did well? They played from minute one to minute 90 plus at a time. Yeah. They were never down, really. Yeah. Those three games, they played after they were down by two goals. Yeah. That's... that's well, um, Belgium was one goal. But no, I'm not, I'm not counting Belgium. I oh. said Cro- Croatia, oh, today. Morocco, yeah. and then today. Okay. That's the issue yeah. now. So... Yeah, they, that's the paper stuff. You can't Let's, fall off. All right, moving on to the players quickly here and the coaching. Um, would you agree that Jonathan David, especially him, but like the big-time players in general, when it comes to the big-time Canada-level games, have not really stepped up to that moment? This includes the World Cup against big teams. Um, yes, we have seen it during qualifiers. Some of these guys, like Kyle Lahren, has stepped up, but I'm more so talking about Jonathan David here. It, it is Jonathan David out of all of them. Because in the qualifiers, we saw Estacio shine. We saw Davy shine. We saw Laren putting some goals. And during qualifiers, Jonathan David got, you know, benched for a couple games. Like, he was out he of the starting He did shine, line. but the shine was for, like, Honduras and games like that. Yeah, right? Like, he is our superstar striker. He is supposed to be that. Yeah. And he has not been that for these games. Uh, He hasn't done that in the World Cup. He hasn't, he, and he didn't do it today. Yeah. Uh, Him it's, and Kyle Laren today missed two clear chances 
that they didn't hit the target. Yeah. I don't know if I said this before or not, but like I, it just it was just amazing to me because they were at the 18 yard. Kyle Aaron's was in the 18 yard. Yeah. So and like we need clinical like finishing now because in that Belgium game, that's what cost us the game, right? And obviously, when it came to Croatia and Morocco, we were a little bit more dominated. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know. For overall, I think the big players have to step up big times, and like I mentioned before, Christian Jack, I've never seen him animated like this ever. Like, like you said, like we said, the honeymoon phase is over. We know what these expectations are. I mean, we got animated too. Yeah, <laughs> we were. We know animated, what the expectations yeah. are. That's why we're like frustrated. I was talking to my buddy. He's like, obviously, he doesn't. He didn't really watch the game, but I'm like, bro, if you watch this game, trust me, you would be frustrated because we know the expectation. This isn't the Canada from ten years ago, right? Not even like from three years ago. So, the expectations are higher, which is why I want to lead to this question. Is Alfonso Davies the best player in CONCACAF just in general? Overall, throw in club level, everything. If you throw in club and country, then yes. Okay, so... Because Pulisic does struggle where do, in the club. Where do you think his best position is? Left, left flank. Not left back, because I think we need him more attacking-wise. So, if we pick three at the back, obviously the left wing back. And then left mid or left wing. Uh, he's not a striker. And to me, he's too good for us to be playing at left back. He, for me, he needs to make impact higher up the pitch. And I think they, I think people would agree because he's considered as one of our best players, and we need him to make an impact offensively. So he does get moved around a lot, right side, left side, striker, even center mid at times. And obviously, we've witnessed it with Bruno Fernandez. You witnessed it as a player because when I used to coach you. Um, I would because you were one of my reliable guys that could play in all those spots, so I would put you center mid, outside mid a lot. Yeah, it was tough as a player because when I was playing, like when you start, when you keep in mind, you're not also a professional, yeah, no, no, but like when you feel like you're playing good at position, where sometimes I felt like I'm playing good out on the wing, but then I had to get moved in the middle, then I'm like, okay, adjustment period, adjustment, I have to see the game through a different thing. And there's a lot of teammates that I had obviously dealt with that too, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's definitely there's an adjustment in game. As a player that you're like, okay, there's a difference. Especially going from winger to mid, into the middle of the pitch, is a big difference. Or like moving up and down or opposite yeah. side a little bit. But how much do you think John Herdman, like KJ was saying, needs to figure this out? Because he is the best player in CONCACAF. He is your superstar talent, player, everything you want. And he's shown the capabilities of big time. He's had big time moments. He was the guy who scored the first goal ever for Canada in the World Cup. Or like at least the first goal in that tournament, I believe it was first it was goal ever. ever in the world yeah, so in that sense, he is your best player. You play him at his best position. I put him in the best spot, and you put him in the best spot, which is the left wing, and surround him with the teammates around him that could. Yes, that now that doesn't mean that you make adjustments. Maybe depending on the team, you could put him higher up. Depending on the team, you put him defensive. You still need to make slight adjustments like that because that still needs to be made at the end of the day, right? But we're saying that we can't see it happen often. Bro, uh, in that first half, I did not hear Davies' name. He did not get into the game. Yeah. Right? He was pretty isolated out there, and he was also getting killed uh, defensively on the left side. That could also be, that could a, also be a result of the injury yeah. and the three in the back lineup as well. Yeah. Uh, For me personally, I think Sam Adekube should be playing left back starting. I think ideally the best lineup is four three three. I think it's four three three because ideally, if well, we lack center backs. At least in Congo, we lack center backs, right? Yeah, and we're playing a three center back position, and you which could, makes you no could sense. rely out of Kubi, and you could rely on Alistair Johnston 
on the fullback. Yeah, Alistair Johnson better as a right back than he is a center back. Yeah. So, yeah, I think players need to step obviously up. Obviously, we shouldn't continue too much on this because like, we're Canadian. That's where we're riled up because it was fresh in our mind. But I just have a last question. Outside of the big European teams, we're throwing Croatia in there as well. The big European teams and the big South American teams. Is this U.S. team have the potential, or out of all the teams, including Africa and all that, who has the best chance to win the World Cup? Now, that doesn't mean that they will, they will win the World Cup because we obviously assume France or Argentina, whoever, will win the next one. I'm just saying out of the smaller clubs, up-and-coming clubs, which this U.S. team is. And you could even throw Canada if they figure the shit out too. But, yeah. I mean, based on Morocco in the last one, they're, they're definitely a show. Uh, would you consider Denmark? What would you consider Denmark? Aging Ericsson. But yeah, they're they're a bit more. That's what, the age. reason why I'm asking is because this U.S. team is young. This U.S. team is young, and that that was their honestly, first, that was their first World Cup. Yeah, uh, but most honestly, of the guys, I think this team is better than the ones in the past. Yeah, because this team has more, more players in Europe as well. So, so like that's this, why this U.S. team could it could be dangerous. Yeah. And here's that thing. That's why it's more frustrating because Canada has shown they could beat this team. And Canada were the team today that was the most healthy because um, the other team has the suspensions and injuries. So that's where our frustrating part is. Those of you guys wondering why we're talking too much about Canada soccer. but Because they they made themselves something to talk about now. Exactly. Right. right? Like we were not given a shit if there was like a miracle run to the final. Yeah. Like, we like, were like, oh, you got here. Good job. Yeah. Right, so that, that that was in the qualifiers. Oh, you all here, good job. All I'm gonna say is before we close it out here, because we definitely extended this a little bit more than we should have. But um, gold cups in two weeks, finals is the goal, championship is obviously the goal. Um, hopefully this motivates them. Hopefully John Herdman sees like, listen, that was a pathetic final performance. Not a good way to send out your club legend. It's not it's, a club legend. The country's legend, most underrated Canadian athlete. He needs to stop being too nice. That too. Was, oh, we in front of the cameras, he is. So is that what your point is? Because we don't know what's happening. We don't about. know what's in the locker room, but obviously when I'm projecting if he's in front of the camera, like, say if he's the same, him and like the players himself start getting a little bit. Because Atiba is now gone. Yeah. Who's, who's going to be that leader? Start getting a little bit harsh. Don't be yeah. obviously a dickhead and like call your teammates out and like don't be like a prick basically. Yeah. But like be a... Be a leader that will also set an example at the pitch, and, in the pitch. And the also pitch. the players, Alfonso Davies, especially. You're the best player now. Obviously, some you sometimes you need to go hero mode, which is fine. But off off the field leadership, on the field leadership. I don't know who the male and Borian's the captain, but how often can he run out of goalie? Right? So the players, Victoria, I'm looking at him. I'm looking at Jonathan Osorio, right? Can you guys step up and be that um leaders now with especially the tiba now may, you know, maybe he might be still be around the squad that's a different story but on the field off the field duties so let's look out for the gold cup we have a lot of you know for uh let's close it out here um yeah like i said in the beginning we had juicy stuff to talk about yeah but this but was, this was like obviously i also wanted to say we do off. have stuff to watch in a way like obviously baseball still on frustrating watching the blue Jays, but baseball is still oh, on they're actually like annoying um, to watch. we're not we're not getting into that but Soccer, right? Another. Women's World Cup. We got the Gold Cup, right? Euro, uh, Euro qualifiers are on. We also have the Women's, I uh, said that, FIBA World Cup as well, right? Yeah, FIBA. So 
We have still a lot of stuff we could talk about. Obviously, next pod. And obviously, all the off-season and transfer. Yeah, things. so like this coming week, we're going to be talking about the draft stuff, off-season stuff, and we'll go on from there. Um, I think that's pretty much it. We'll close it out right here. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, please like the video if you enjoyed. Comment because there were a lot. Definitely, things got like, you know, we showed our thoughts of some things like the Bradley Beal trade. Comment also. And, uh, yeah. and if you are interested in Canada soccer, also comment down below, especially for the ones who watch the games as well. Exactly. Um, and yeah. Subscribe to the channel and, you know, download our podcast audio platforms. And then if you love it, like it, give it a five-star rating. And other than that, we'll catch you in the next one. Peace. Peace.